get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games really what we expected not what we expected but that's the beauty of the canadian football league the blue bombers find a way to escape yeah it was a 10 point victory but it looked like anything but a 31 21 victory welcome inside game day after dark this is your post game show bombers argos maybe not the marquee matchup with no chad kelly in this contest but it was a pretty intense football game. And the Toronto Argonauts, they came to play. Winnipeg scored a touchdown on their opening possession. And then weren't able to score again, a major that is. Big thanks to the photographer, Sergio Castillo. Uh, but Winnipeg wasn't able to score a touchdown again until midway through the fourth quarter. We have got so much to get to on the show. You want to stick around. We have got video highlights of the good and the bad for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in this game. You're not going to get that anywhere else. We are going to get into the stats. We will pull them right up on screen and you'll be able to see them. You'll get analysis and insight from myself and We'll get the fans' perspective as Zach Schnitzer, Schnitzy, my boy, will join us a little bit later. He is currently making his way back to home, well, to, to his uh, Bonfire Studio B. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he was at the game, on, making his way back from uh, the Madhouse on Matheson. Third straight sellout for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and... I imagine it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions throughout that one as uh, backup quarterback Cameron Dukes had the Argos in front for the majority of this game. Uh, so we look forward to that perspective from Schnitzi. We'll get into Walby's Warrior, Westwood's wide to the right, the Bonfire Burning Point, the Happy Honker Award, um, and, and so much more. We'll hand out our game balls uh, and, and talk about what we saw in this game. A Grey Cup rematch. Maybe a Grey Cup preview. Maybe a Grey Cup preview. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat. Uh, James and uh, Friesen, good to see you, brother. Good to see you, man. Uh, you know, uh, Sam is in the live chat. T-Will, Barflies, uh, John uh, Boydiano, good to see you. Uh, Tao Zen, what's going on, Tao? Uh, John Chan, Dan Asham, the curling, uh, you know, uh, family uh, legend. No question about that. Good to see you, Mr. Asham. Um, everybody in the live chat, hit the thumbs up. Sasha, how are you? Good to see you in the live chat. Give us your comments. I'm going to, uh, make them a little bit bigger on my screen here so I can, uh, uh, take another look. Friesen, always got kind of contrarian takes. Olette is no Oliveira. Okay. All right. That's fine. Maybe. Maybe not. Both good players. Uh, yeah, Donnie Boy mentioning uh, finally beat a second string quarterback. Uh, if you're in the live chat right now, even if you're not, jump into the live chat and hit that thumbs up. And if you haven't yet, subscribe. 
appreciate that a lot. But just go uh, hit that thumbs up and uh, hit the comments. If you're watching this afterwards, you can hit the comments down below. I read them all. I share them with Schnitzi. I share them with uh, Chris Walby. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thanks for subscribing. Tell a friend. Uh, you can leave a review uh, in there as well. Uh, lots to go in this game as so many people may be stuck in traffic tonight. Waiter says still on uh, Michael Bishop Grandin. I like that. Michael Bishop Grandin. Well done. Well done. Strongest arm I've ever seen uh, on an, uh, a Winnipeg um, highway. Uh, but uh, let, let's get into some video highlights. I think that's what you guys came here for. Yeah, let's watch it. So first drive of the game. First drive of the game. Winnipeg got to work. Nine plays, 64 yards, and they capped it with a touchdown to Brady Oliveira. Check down, breaks a tackle, able to work his way in. Great run after the catch, as usual, for Blue Bombers tailback number 20. Great look here at the touchdown run. Well done, Brady. That got things started for Winnipeg. 7-0 they led moments into the game. 5-minute 11 uh, second drive as Winnipeg absolutely dominated time of possession in this game. Uh, well, it didn't take long for Toronto to respond. In essence, they did it immediately. Uh, it was the next drive. And here is uh, AJ Olette who will catch a pass here and take it in 20 yards the rest of the way, 20 yards yak. He had uh, a couple big, big runs or a, a couple big plays. He had the 28-yard touchdown catch. You just saw there uh, 20 yak yards on that reception. He had a 26-yard run earlier in the drive as the Argos uh, put together a six-play 73-yard drive, just under three minutes to tie the game 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, you know, it's interesting to kind of look at how Toronto came out in this game, right? Because I don't know if a lot of people expected Cameron Dukes to do the things that he did, but that kid's a player. That kid is a player. The NAIA, what is that? The North American uh, Intercollegiate, oh, what is it? Uh, Northern Athletic Intercollegiate Association? Something like that. I, I apologize to all the NAIA athletes. There are NAIA athletes going to school right here in Manitoba. I think Providence College uh, in Otterburn, Manitoba, just south of Winnipeg, uh, is in the NAIA. Uh, but, uh, you know, now people know. Now people know. I loved how the broadcast mentioned that Justin Goltz also went uh, to um, the same school that uh, Brian Scott went to. Uh, what was that? Yeah, Occidental College, as we saw Brian Scott, the third stringer for the Argos, uh, come in a little bit later. Uh, Cameron Dukes finished 17 of 24 for 231 yards, as we pull the stats up on the screen here. 71% passing. Do we understand how good that is for a first CFL start? One touchdown, no interceptions, quarterback efficiency rating of 115.1, as you see there on the right side of your screen. 
Uh, I'll get rid of uh, the bonfire logo so we can get a look uh, at some of the rushing stats. McMahon was that change of pace back, uh, had a pretty costly fumble that I know we will get to a little bit later. Could be your bonfire burning point. Hit the live chat right now uh, if you've got some thoughts on your Walby's Warrior, your Westwood's wide to the right. You got a happy honker moment? If if you are uh, already aware, you know, if, if you're a bonfire listener, you know what that is. Uh, same with the bonfire burning point. Um, Cameron Dukes, not only did he throw for 231 yards, he ran for 34 as well, uh, including a couple first downs. Uh, a long of 13, uh, rushed for a touchdown. That was their second of the game. Uh, A.J. Olette, um, I mean, maybe, oh, hang on a second, guys. <laughs> Uh, I do that sometimes. Uh, we'll get this straightened out. Uh, just pulling up uh, the stats here. Uh, AJ Olette, uh just the one carry for 26 yards. That was on the uh, the the uh, first drive of the game as we uh, we broke down there. Um, over on the Blue Bombers, well, you know what? The receiving uh, for the Argos was impressive as well. Uh, Demetrius Coxey. Had two catches on six targets for 54 yards. Ouellette had that 28-yard touchdown grab that we showed. But spread the ball out to Brissett and McMahon and Neald uh, did Cameron Dukes. Uh, over on the Blue Bombers side, it was a slower start for them. But Dalton Schoen really led the day. And I mean in the receiving game, he led the day. Six catches for 101 yards, three second down conversions, uh, had 30 yards after the catch, including one uh, long of 35, or a large of 35, as Schnitzi likes to call it. Uh, do love that a lot. Uh, Drew Wolitarski also picked up three second down conversions uh, on uh, a very strong day for the Canadian pass catcher. Nick Dembski nearly pulled in a couple that could have definitely padded his stats more, but four catches for 32 um, and Lawler, three for 29, as Quantes Stiggers, a rookie in the CFL who never played college football. He's probably playing his last season in the CFL, too. Uh, a lot of people mentioning uh, on social media that uh, he's probably going to be in the NFL sooner rather than later. Zach Kolaris was good tonight. Kept possession of the ball. Completed two-thirds of his uh, pass attempts, 22 of 33, 67%, 258 yards, had a touchdown and an interception, uh, a costly one that Winnipeg was able to get right back. Uh, oh gosh. Have I been talking on mute this whole time? Good gracious. Hey, thanks live chat. Appreciate all you guys, John and, uh, and, and, uh, T will, uh, Towson. Thank you. Yep. Flag on the play. I'll take it. That is a major. That is a major. Uh, no, not uh, not Remo's laptop. Not Remo's laptop. But hey, at least you guys got to look at some stats. At least you got to look at some stats. Uh, just mentioning, you know, uh, Brady Oliveira, Zach Kolaris. Kolaris was good. Kept possession of the football for Winnipeg, which I think was, was really important. Of course it was really important. Brady Oliveira, this guy is on pace for 1,500-plus yards, had 169 yards on the ground. He averaged 6.8 yards per carry, four runs of 10-plus yards. He was just so dang good. So dang good. Had two catches for 12 yards as well, including a second-down conversion. Had a touchdown uh, through the air as well. The Bombers' offense 
maybe wasn't able to get into the end zone as much as they would have liked to, but keeping possession, keeping the ball out of the Argos' hands, so important uh, in this game. Uh, Cam Dukes, man, I I know we're going to talk a lot more about him, but that guy can run. He is a dual threat legit. And Winnipeg, you know, I know people uh, hitting the bonfire hotline, 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477, standard message rate supply, just like texting your mama. People in in, uh, in the live chat and, and on the hotline saying, you know, maybe the Bombers needed to spy Cameron Dukes more than they did. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's something Winnipeg uh, has really allowed, especially number two quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks or, you know, stepping in for a starter. They've really allowed that a lot this year, uh, which has been tough. Uh, but uh, how, how about we take a look at uh, some more um, some more highlights? So once uh, the Argos tied the game seven seven, uh, they took uh, they they really started to take it to Winnipeg. Uh, Javon Leak, like man, Winnipeg's. Return teams better today. Uh, I like Jamal Parker, and I think he almost got a little bit of a, a bump, a little bit of juice when he had to step in for Demario Houston. Uh, Houston left the game late in the second quarter, did not return. No update from uh, the Blue Bombers on the status of the CFL's interception leader, Demario Houston, but Parker stepped in there, played boundary corner. Winston Rose rotated with him a little bit. Um, swapping sides uh but uh parker played quite well and i thought he returned the ball even better once he stepped in uh and started playing a little bit on defense um the uh you know when when the argos uh had the football um early especially they kind of had their way they kind of had their way uh this was toronto's Second touchdown of the game. Second touchdown of the game. Um, as Cameron Dukes ran it in from five yards out. That capped a real quick two-play, 51-yard drive, just 38 seconds. And the reason... That was such a quick drive. Javon Leak, as I, I mentioned a, mo- a moment ago. Javon Leak, a 48-yard punt, uh, punt return to the Winnipeg 51. Um, when those things were happening, uh, Toronto just seemed to, seemed to really roll on the momentum. Really, really roll on the momentum. Um, so that made it 14-7. Uh, Winnipeg responded with a field goal. Uh, Dalton Schoen set up Winnipeg's uh, second score of the game, a field goal drive, a 35-yard catch for Dalton Schoen, and just a huge game for him tonight. Uh, Seven plays, 65 yards, just about two and a half, three minutes, that drive for Winnipeg to bring them within four. It was 14-10 early in the second quarter. Winnipeg's pass rush then really started to come on in the second quarter. Toronto went two and out. Uh, Winnipeg, uh, Toronto then went two and out twice. They went two and out, then two and out again, 
And then one final possession that they were able to put together a six-play drive in just one minute uh, and kick a field goal to extend a one-point lead to a four-point lead going into the half. It was 17-13 the half. Um, but following that first two and out, Winnipeg's pass rush was starting to do some good things, making Cameron Dukes uh, a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, Winnipeg got the ball back. Uh, would-be interception negated by an offside penalty against the Argos. Uh, Costigan uh, then got to Kolaris, a 14-yard sack. Kolaris did take a little bit of punishment tonight, um, but that 14-yard sack really forced uh, Winnipeg into a field goal situation. It was an eight-play, 51-yard drive, but they had to settle for a 33-yard field goal. Uh, again, another pretty long possession, four minutes, 33 seconds. That brought them to within a point. Uh, that second two and out for the Argos was followed by a 10-play drive from the Blue Bombers, from their own 24 all the way to the Argos' nine-yard line before a really tough break. Brady Oliveira fumbles. His fourth fumble of the season, McFadden forced it. Royce Mechie, the Canadian safety, recovered it, returned it 35 yards to the Toronto 44-yard line, and that helped set up Winnipeg, um, Toronto's six-play 54-yard drive with just about a minute remaining, just a minute remaining um, in the second quarter. Uh, and they were able to uh, add on to their lead to make it 17-13 at the half. Uh, Great to see everybody in the live chat. I love it. I love it. Charlie Dufo, what's going on? I think I called you Chuck uh, in the in the comments the other day. I hope that was okay. What's going on, Chuck? I like calling guys. You know, someone's named Charlie. I like calling him Chuck. I think it's a good uh, it's a good shorthand. It's better than the shorthand for Richard. I got a couple buddies named Richard. It's Rick. They don't go by the other one. Uh, but uh, great to see everybody in there. Uh, hit the comments. Even if you're watching this afterwards, I will respond to your comments afterwards. So uh, sign up for a YouTube account. It's free. Then you can comment. You can hit that thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up right now. Uh, lots of people in the live chat. Over 100 people watching live right now. And uh, only 52 people have hit that thumbs up. So go ahead and do that. It helps us out a lot. Uh, keeps uh, so much of this free content for you, the Winnipeg sports fan, uh, available to you. Um, you know, you support us and we'll, we'll give you our best. Uh, looking forward to bringing you some Winnipeg Jets hockey coverage a little bit later uh, this week, really. Uh, partnering up with uh, some people and uh, going to bring you some uh, some new stuff right now. Uh, Slattery saying DB is the third Flutie. So there was Doug, six-time MOP. Darren, great receiver. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. And then me. The third Flutie? I don't know, Slats. I don't know. Good friend, Joey Slattery, formerly of uh, CTV. Yeah. Rempel. I'm pressing all the wrong buttons like Flutie. You know what I did? I used a keyboard shortcut to refresh a web browser page, but I didn't have the browser selected. I had my streaming software here selected, and it does this thing where it automatically plays a video and mutes my mic every time I switch over to that screensaver. And the only way to fix it, at least I've found the only way to fix it is to uh, rebuild the, the screen share page. And don't really want to do that. Have you guys waiting for me uh, while that happens. Uh, so at the half, Bombers by, you know, trailing by four. 
and all things considered, probably fortunate to be only trailing 17-13 at the half. So the Argos were forced into two two-and-outs, and then a one-minute drive following that Brady Oliveira fumble and Royce Mechie returned to near midfield. But Toronto came out in the second half, had their third two-and-out. Their next possession, five plays and a punt. Uh, Winnipeg's defense played okay. I know a lot of people are going to criticize uh, a lot of what they saw from the defense tonight. You know, I had some people uh, text in the bonfire hotline, where's Willie J? I know he missed a tackle on that uh, big AJ Olette run on that first scoring drive for the Argos. Like he had him dead to rights right at the line of scrimmage and he got through number five's arms. Um, you know, a, a, a tough one there. A tough one there. But, uh, you know, uh, a guy like Willie Jefferson, you all know out there, if you watch the show, uh, how highly I speak of him. I think he's the best player in the CFL. I still do. Hasn't been maybe the greatest stretch of uh, of time for him, at least in the stats. Uh, but the type of player he is, I would look out come playoffs. Uh, would not be surprised. I would be surprised if he didn't return to elite form uh, when uh, uh, when that happens. Rempel's fired up in the in the live chat today. I bleed double blue. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, that's. I used to be called a a, a tie cats lover. Right? I'm a big Thai Cats guy. Now I'm an Argos guy. Guess what? I'm a I'm I'm not at any any of those things. Yeah. Asham, how do you get a bonfire hat? Working on them. Working on them, Dan. Gonna do my best to get uh get those hats made up. But uh trying to get you guys some uh some hockey. Um yeah, Rempel announced the new uh bonfire hat deal. Wants me to. I like that. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat. Keep hitting the comments. Keep hitting that thumbs up. Uh, appreciate that a lot. Uh, so Winnipeg's defense was was okay. Uh, 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 you know, uh, a two and out the Argos uh, had to start the second half. A five-play drive ended with a punt. Winnipeg, they had two possessions in the third quarter. Um, one of them, the first, a rare double doink. What's a double doink? What's a doink? Doink is a technical term. I've said that for a long time, uh, back to the uh, the 1290 days here in Winnipeg. A doink is when a field goal hits, a field goal attempt hits the upright. That's a doink. What's a double doink? Well, what happened to Sergio Castillo tonight from 52 yards out? Hits the right upright, hits the crossbar, doink, doink, double doink. Uh, his only miss tonight. Castillo was dang good. Uh, he followed it up uh, later in the third quarter with a uh, 45-yard field goal to bring the Bombers to within two. 18-16 uh, at that point. Uh, it was an eight-play, 45-yard drive, and again, the Bombers had possession for nearly five minutes. If there's anything you can look back on this game and say, ha, ah, you know, the, the Bombers were good in this area, it's that they played ball control. And Brady Oliveira going off for, you know, the whack load of yards again. Obviously a big, big reason why. Uh, getting a text here from Schnitzi. Where is the man? Says he's a few minutes away. So he'll join us soon. We'll get the fans' perspective uh, from uh, wherever he is at the Madhouse. Wherever he is uh, at IG Field. Um, Everett left hitting the live chat. 
Haven't seen you in the live chat before. What's going on, Everett? Uh, welcome. I'm not sure how, but they need to target Dembski more and Lawler less. Shone, Walatarski, Bailey, and Dembski do damage against an Argos D. Lawler, not so much a factor, says Everett. Uh, I like that comment. You know, uh, I think they would love to get the ball uh, into everybody's hands more. That's an easy thing to say, right? Um, what makes Kenny Lawler so good is his route running ability, his catch radius, his stickiness. The guy's hands are out of this world. Quantes Stiggers was a blanket on Kenny Lawler. And when Stiggers intercepted, um, uh, intercepted Zach Kolaris, uh, tonight, it was Quantes Stiggers. And he was guarding at that time, not Kenny Lawler at the boundary. He was guarding Dalton Schoen as the Bombers rotated, as they always do, as they, as every team often does, uh, rotated their receivers to different positions. And Schoen moving out to that boundary spot, Stiggers all over him. Uh, Quantes Stiggers is a baller, man. That guy is going to be a CFL All-Star, no question. He's got my vote. Uh, big and physical, man. Uh, great cover skills, great uh, great size to speed, um, great feet. Uh, and he showed tonight great hands as well. Um, but uh, that was a big reason why Kenny Lawler wasn't able to do too much tonight. Uh, when, uh, well, here, here it is. And forgive the audio glitch as, uh, as I do this. Unmute my mic, stop that silly music, and uh, here is the Kolaris interception targeting Dalton Schoen at the boundary and Stiggers with the interception. Let's take another look at it. Are, are good at doing their jobs to help people put them in position. Like, what an athletic play. What an athletic play for Quantes Stiggers. Uh, 21 years old. Hey, Bruce Martell, good to see you in the live chat, Bruce. Bruce mentioning Stiggers, just 21 years old, um, playing, yeah, sixth game. You're right, likely be in the NFL next year. Uh, Go Long in the live chat says, no pressure on a rookie quarterback again. Need to do better. The Bombers defense. Hit the live chat. Let me know what you guys think. Does the Bombers' uh, D-line need to do better? They need more pressure on a quarterback? I mean, I want people to understand this. There is no debate in 2023 who has the best offensive line in the CFL. There's no debate. It's the Toronto Argonauts. Their O-line is so good. They have allowed, I think, I could check my notes. But it's something like they've allowed two sacks in their last six games. Incredible. It's 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 really incredible. Um, tonight, let's take a look at the uh, the Blue Bombers defensive uh, uh, defensive numbers. Here, let's pull it up here. Uh, no sacks. Nope, no sacks. It was Kyrie Wilson who um, led the way. Kyrie will. Kyrie Wilson, who uh, led the way uh, with six tackles. Here, I'll pull this up so you guys can see a little bit better. I know, it's a lot of ones and zeros. It's like uh, it's like a digital. A lot of ones and zeros, because that's tackles for loss and uh, <laughs> tackles for loss and, um, uh, and quarterback sacks, all zeros. 
but uh, Kyrie Wilson, six defensive tackles, Adam Bighill with five, Evan Holm had one on special teams, a big one. Um, and, uh, you know, also got in on the return game in the opening kickoff uh, on that reverse. Dietrich Nichols with a pair of uh, uh, tackles and a fumble recovery. Willie J, I mean, you know, people saying Willie Jefferson's not getting to the quarterback. Well, he forced a huge fumble tonight. Um, you know, uh, a game changer, you could say. And, uh, well, 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 who do we have here? Can you hear him? I think we can hear him. Let's bring him in. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. How are you, Schnitzy? Good to see you, man. Phew! Phew! What was that? Your camera. What did you, what did you, what did you see tonight? Uh, tell us about the atmosphere at IG Field. Uh, it was a bit, it was like, even though we sold out, it was a little bit stale for a while, Darren. Yeah. Because we were wondering what, what's happening here? We're playing against a backup quarterback. What is it with us and, and giving, you know, life to backup quarterbacks, like starting the, the career of backup quarterbacks, Dustin Crum, Jake Dolagala, uh, who's the guy, Powell, Taylor Powell. And then Cameron Dukes ran ran through us like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the First Bombers have drives. to play uh, Trey Ford in a couple weeks. I'm I'm a little frightened for that one because they, the they next struggle against a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you could see in the first couple drives, uh, Dukes was extending plays with his legs, and yeah. you know it made it made it look easy. Thank goodness he took. Uh, most of the second half off, or some of the second half off, I should say. <laughs> right. Because, and then our kick coverage, again, letting leak uh, leak out through the side. Come on. Letting Javon leak out through the side, what or, or through the middle. So Peter, uh, amongst others in the live chat, says, Hey, Zach, straighten out DB on the Argo love. I get called, you know, a tie Cat lover. Now I'm an Argo lover. Look. I'm not a fan of the Blue Bombers. I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the league. I'm a fan of football. But I'm an objective perspective. This guy right here. That's I'm the not fan. objective and I'm a, and I I'm not a fan of the Argos, but they looked good. That that was I wouldn't say it was their B team or their AHL team as someone said on Twitter. No. It wasn't like no Winton McManus. No uh no, no Chris Peters, right? No um Sean Oakman uh, was no, dressed. No Chad Kelly, Chad of course. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got some guys on the injured list, but the Argos are a good team, man. That old line. Very good team. They they've they've got a player or two, a starter or two on the injured list as well. But this is the best old line in the league. I was just saying that before you joined. It is by far the best offensive wow. line in the league. They pass yeah. protect incredibly yeah. well. They run block incredibly well. So yeah. You know, for those that thought this was going to be uh, an easy game for Winnipeg, I think it was foolhardy. Uh, the line in this game was three and a half. It moved to seven and a half when the reporting of, of Matthew Shinetti, uh came out on Tuesday, I think it was, uh, that, that he wasn't going to play. And that, you know, it moved to seven and a half. Well, Winnipeg ends up winning by 10, but it didn't look like that. Was there anxiety in the stance? Yes. Probably because of me. <laughs> I was anxious. I mean, because even like had Cameron Duke stayed in that game, we would have been in trouble. 
Yeah. We 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 basically eked our way back because the Argos couldn't do anything on offense and they had seven points in the second half. Uh, and Ouellette didn't stay in the game either. I know McMahon is a highly touted sort of youngster, but Ouellette is a different kind of runner. He's he's he. I mean, he had what it was a thirty yard run in the first that first quarter. I mean, yeah, uh, the, uh, people were nervous. People were quiet. But then you know, once once we went up twenty five twenty one, I can I think the the fans kind of knew that the game was over uh, at that point because the defense has started stepping up. But um, yeah, I was I was nervous. Fans were nervous. They were quiet, kind of on bated breath because mm-hmm. you know this was a huge game for the standings. BC's uh, playing Saskatchewan tonight. BC should probably win. Yeah, I think they're up 12-3 right now. Uh, they're just showing a highlight, so they pulled... Yeah, no, 12-8. The uh, Lions currently lead the Rough Riders in Vancouver uh, with under two minutes remaining in the first half. So uh, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that. The Lions, of course, 10-4. and Winnipeg now 11-4 and following their victory over Toronto tonight. Uh, Argos fall to 12-2 and in a game, you know, didn't have a lot of meaning, but they played like it had a lot of meaning. Um I want to pull that comment up again. I, I just had, um, well, of course, James wants to know, is your knee okay? Knee is much better. Thank you. I've been doing my physio, been icing it, been taking my aspirin, taking my Advil. It's coming back. I, I didn't have cause to do a schnitzer stair climb today. I just, there wasn't something that really jumped out that salted the game away that I felt like uh, warranted a stair climb, Darren, and fire starters. But uh, maybe next time. Maybe yeah. next time. So Jason, I was mentioning earlier, pretty fired up in the live chat. Is this an Argos after show? Well, this is the reality. T. Kona Polly, what's going on, Polly? What's up, Pyro? Good to see you, brother. Uh, unfortunately, the Argos, says T. Kona Polly, may have surpassed the Blue Bombers at this point and will be a tough out in the Grey Cup. Yeah. That's the reality. The Argos have a very, very good football team. They got a good number two quarterback, just like the Bombers have. They have a great offensive line, like the Bombers have, you know, traditionally had. Um, you know, it's... Uh, well, and they got to the quarterback tonight. How many? I don't know how many sacks they had, Darren. You probably went over the numbers already, but it looked like they were pressuring Kalaris quite a bit. Our, our downfield pass um, up to snuff, I don't think. Uh, they're secondary. I mean, they. I was listening to you guys, uh, the, the pregame with Walby, Darren. And Walby was talking about how the bomber, how the the Argos are allow the least amount of yards against the run, but against the pass, they're eighth in the league. Well, it was almost the opposite tonight. Brady Oliveira had 169 yards on the ground on 25 carries, but the the Argos secondary looked phenomenal. They were knocking balls away. They were breaking up passes. They were. Really, really took tried to take Kenny Lawler out of the game. Luckily, we have shown who, who you know, you take a Lawler out of the game, you still have a receiver over 100 yards, and Dalton's shown. But wow, I I, th- I thought the Argos secondary was uh, was impressive. But I know this isn't an Argos podcast. It's not an Argos show, so we don't want to we don't want to give too many props to them. No one's going to accuse me of being an Argos fan. DB, your audio is really quiet for some reason. Uh, Still quiet. We can't hear your beautiful voice. No, still quiet. 
Just straighten it out. Uh, you know, I, I was glad he came into the game. Honestly, Darren, like, the Argos have a really deep team. I, I don't feel like there's any shine off winning. Um, we won the game. That's all I wanted. We won by, you know, right. two scores. If we don't, if, if Brady doesn't uh, lose the ball there late in the first half, that was a six-point swing. So it would have been 34 to 18, an even bigger spread there. We covered the spread, and I put uh, 20 big ones down on SIA.com. Seven and a half. We won by 10. Great. I was very happy. Steve and David were making fun of me there because at one point I'm like, hey, we covered the spread. It was 28-21. My, and Steve says, I know math isn't your strong suit, Schnitzy, but really, come on, buddy. No, I was, I was, I was frankly relieved when they put Brian Scott in because we needed this game so badly. I don't care how they win. I think most fans would agree. They just want it. We just want to win. I mean, we want it. Like when it comes down to it, you want that first round buy. You need that first round by. Uh, we we're really neck and neck with BC, and so I think it was really really important that that we win. And it doesn't feel like a hollow victory to me, yeah. although it makes me a little bit uh, scared of Toronto and what they could do if they if they play their starters because they had us handled with with a, a number of backups uh, at. at you know, chief amongst them at the quarterback position, which is the most important position. How's my audio now? It's still pretty low, eh? It's still quiet. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Your mic is messing with you. I don't know. Fire starters, what do you think? I mean, I, I don't think it's a hollow victory. I don't care. I'm just glad we won. And we won by 10. You know, we covered the spread. We we won like in the same with the with the spread that we should have won. I don't know. It doesn't feel hollow to me. We beat a good team. Well, it, it fixed for a second yeah. there, but now it's. Uh... How is it now? I'll just use the. Oh yeah. Oh, there we hot. go, Mike big guy. Hot. hot mic. It's hot. Oh, those oh, dulcet uh, tones. I'm using those the uh, using tones. the laptop microphone now, so hopefully there isn't too much of an echo. Um, sounds good. Anyway, I mean, does it take? I think it 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 maybe takes a little bit of shine off the victory. If you had to measure the uh, the bragging rights, like let's say you know three Argos and three Bombers are sitting in the bar having some suds, and you know. One guy on defense, one on offense, one on special teams from each team, and and you know they're they're jawing at each other in a friendly way. Uh, I I think the Argos probably have the upper hand right now as far as bragging rights, or and it's not just a great cup thing, you know they're twelve and two. They played their number two quarterback and took it to Winnipeg, in Winnipeg, and you know Winton McManus, maybe the best linebacker in the CFL, out. Chad Kelly, East Division MOP front runner out. Cam Phillips out. Um, they, you know, they came to play. They played really, really well, and I think maybe that's a good thing because when the Bombers are an underdog, when the Bombers are overlooked, don't you think it it brings out the best in them? If yeah, the Bombers are like if, if if they're you know scrappy underdog yeah, back I, against I think the wall I, sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think anything that that makes the bombers angry is probably a good thing. They seem to need it this year. I don't know. Do they need to be angry? Do they need something to piss them off? Do they need someone to be a burr in their saddle for them to get up for games? Because they frankly started out pretty slow, um, knowing they're coming up against Toronto's backups. Um, I thought they would have been more up for this game, but uh, but they didn't seem to be. It took you, you them a while to get going. Slow? I mean, touchdown drive. I, I, do. I think Toronto just maybe brought more of a fight than Winnipeg was expecting, right? Like uh, 73-yard drive, two big A.J. Olette uh, uh, plays on that first drive. Uh, Javon Leak with a big return after Winnipeg, uh, you know, punted uh, four plays. Coxy, 46-yard catch and run, breaking tackles. Dukes uh, takes off five yards out, scores a 38, a 38-second touchdown drive to go up 14-7. Um, you know, uh, Winnipeg kept coming, but I think Toronto just brought a game. They brought a game to Winnipeg. And uh, there was a lot of talk this week, right? You know, uh, a lot of talk this week about like, well, people are, you know, people are pissed off that the Argos aren't aren't starting Chad Kelly. You don't think the Argos have, heard, you know, heard that? You don't think they they knew about that? I think they were really up for this game to show people we can win with our without our our number one. Yeah, I I think I think that's a good point. I, I don't know if the offense came out flat, but I feel like the defense was just owned in the first couple of drives, which which chunk plays, which chunk plays, me. right? Ulet, uh, which surprised chunk me. play run, chunk play catch scores, uh, leak a special teams chunk play, forty eight yard return, uh, coaxy. 46 yard catch and run that made it 14 seven. Right. Uh, but then Winnipeg forced a Toronto two and out and then another Toronto two and out after, um, after, uh, uh, Kolaris was nearly intercepted that Toronto offside negated it. Uh, Costigan sacked Kolaris and then Castillo's field goal made it 14, 13, you know, uh, early ish in the, uh, in the second quarter, uh, mid mid second quarter. But then another Toronto two and out. And if it wasn't for that Oliveira fumble that Mechie returned 35 yards to the Toronto 44, that, that was, was huge, huge, huge play. That was a massive yeah, six-point swing because they ended up getting a field yeah, goal. Yeah, Winnipeg forced two two and outs, and then that happens. And it's like, okay, we got to get back out onto the field. Six plays, 54 yards, 56 seconds. And they get uh, Boris Beatty within uh, field goal range. You know, they're on the doorstep. But uh, as time expired in the first half, a uh, 19-yard field goal uh, to make it a four-point ball game. Um, then Toronto, you know, another two and out from Winnipeg. Uh, they forced the Argos to begin the second half. And then a five-play drive from Toronto, uh, forcing them to punt. Um, you know, then another... Boris Beatty field goal from 32 yards. So they allowed a bit of a drive there. I don't have uh, drive numbers on that one. Um, but then it gets into the point where Toronto's defense started making plays and that Quantez Stiggers interception uh, at the 52, at the Toronto 52, it was a huge, huge play. It was just amazing how Winnipeg was able to get it right back as uh, McMahon fumbled uh, Jefferson with the forced fumble 
Jefferson yeah. stripped him. Yeah, we needed yeah. that. Let me tell you, it was about time for the defense to yeah. make a statement there. Yeah, and Dietrich Nichols returns it five yards to to the Toronto 52. And then Winnipeg, unable to, uh, you know, it was a Brady Oliveira 12-yard run and then a couple incompletions, a real quick four-play 12-yard drive. Just just that one Brady Oliveira 12-yard run. Um, But at least getting the ball back put them in position for Castillo to hit from 48 yards. Um, Kept it a two-point ball game. So then Brian Scott comes in. So really, that's kind of where the game, I would say, figuratively ended. Figuratively. Not literally, obviously. Um, yeah. But Brian Scott comes in, another two and out. So I, outside of some some big plays, I think Winnipeg's defense played okay. I really do. Um, then Winnipeg puts together just a clock-dominating Six minute, 43 second drive, 12 plays, 79 yards. Uh, they failed the two point following uh, Dakota Prukop's sixth touchdown of the season. This was a, a two yard run off the right tackle. Um, and then another Toronto two and out. And then uh, Cameron Dukes comes back in, three plays and a turnover on downs. So, where did Winnipeg's defense really falter um, outside of, of three possessions that Toronto was able to put together? Yeah, the rest of the game they did pretty well, but they, you know, they were playing against a third stringer at that, well, at that point. point. Um, yeah, but I, at that point, but I, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the time of possession in this game was astronomically in favor of the Bombers, almost yeah. twenty more minutes. It's I, I've rarely seen something like that before, yeah. but it was a testament to the quick strike ability of the Argos, and then sort of how the Bombers just put together drive after drive, long drive after long drive. Um, and probably what it should have had more points if not for the Brady fumble, but uh, which, by the way, Sard is saying this, and I and I wonder about that. A lot of the fans were saying that he was down uh, before the ball came out, but uh, the uh, the the command center reviewed it without O'Shea having to challenge yeah. it, and uh, apparently the ball was out. <laughs> but anyway. I just the the bombers marched up and down the field, but it was so many field goals and field goal and field goal and a missed field goal and a fumble and it, they really you think they would have more scored more points. Yeah, I than think they did. if if you have to put a knock on Winnipeg, it was the offense's inability to um to, to capitalize with sixes, right? Um, yeah. you're just looking at some of the uh, the team stat numbers in this game winnipeg had 28 first downs wow to toronto's 13 okay <laughs> look at look at that th- second down yep. conversion outstanding two third more than two thirds wow. of the time 19 of 28 on second down uh, and 100 percent on third down i mean winnipeg's short yardage package is outstanding um well and it was a lot of a lot of the second downs were short uh, short, like second and short, because Brady Oliveira was just churning out first down yardage. Yeah. It was incredible. What a second and two, second and three, second and one, second like and two inches. of five in the red zone. The Blue Bombers were one, of course, was the the Oliveira fumble. Um, just um, uh, unable to uh, truly capitalize. Right. Look at the offensive plays. Sixty nine. Nice. 69 offensive plays for the Bombers to 39 for the Argos. Uh, average game yeah, here. I'm going to get rid of this uh, uh, this logo. Um, 
average gain. Well, Toronto didn't have the ball as much, but they did their damage when they did have the ball. But look at net offense. Winnipeg put together 443 yards of net offense. They had a touchdown on their first possession, and they had a touchdown uh, midway through the fourth quarter. That's it. They were moving the ball, but Toronto was just that bend-don't-break, you know? Uh, yeah. To 299 net offense, which I think 300 net offense in the CFL is pretty good defensive performance uh, overall. Uh, special teams. What did you see from the special teams tonight, Zach, where uh, Winnipeg, you know, a lot of Bomber fans, I would say almost all Bomber fans are, are watching really closely right now. Well, I mean, again, you had a couple of big returns from Leak, which was disappointing to see, especially now that Teadric Hansen is in. I'm really, I think Bomber fans are really sick of seeing these big play returns game after game. Now they cleaned it up as the game went on, but, uh, you know, we only punted once and it was kind of a sidewinder from Sheehan, which I thought was pretty good. Actually, it was about, a, I think, about a 48-yard punt uh, or 47-yard punt. So that was good. Uh, Castillo's kickoffs were, they, they look short, but on net yardage, they're pretty good. They're almost like 67, 68 yards, right up there with BD, who was maybe had about 69, 70 yards. But the field goals, uh, I thought I thought Castillo was uh, right on. I mean, he missed one. Like, he was six of seven, which is pretty darn good. Uh, six of seven. You know who else was six of seven? Justin Medlock in the 2019 Grey Cup game, right? Like, he, he missed on a 52-yarder, and he barely right. missed. It hit, the, it hit the post, and then it hit the crossbar. Double doink. bounced out. I, you know, Right, a double doink, like an inch against the other way. He's seven of seven. So I thought Castillo was really, really solid today. Uh, and then Jamal Parker, I thought, actually had a decent day. And they had some trick, not trick plays. The Bombers would never call him that. But they had a couple of uh, reverses on um, kickoff and uh, my kickoff returns in the first quarter, which I appreciated. Uh, Evan Holm had one. And I, I think, um, I don't know who had the other one who he gave it to. But uh, maybe it was to Parker, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, Park, I don't know who caught it. But anyway, those were interesting. I thought it was nice to mix that up a little bit. Um, so I thought the special teams overall was pretty darn good. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a work in progress. And good to see Janarian Grant running a little bit at practice. I mean, he ran in practice this week, just, you know, like what, from what I saw from Jeff Hamilton's video, he took uh, of, of uh, Grant running similar to what I saw with my own eyes two, three weeks ago. Uh, so, I mean, he's ready. He's readying for a return. I won't say ready for a return. Cause that would mean he, he's ready to return. He's readying for a return which I think is positive news. Um, like, yeah. do the Bombers need him to win in BC next week? No, they don't need him to win in BC. No, wait yeah. till he's 100%. Like, and, and the Lions right now are up by eight at home to the Rough Riders. Uh, some people mentioned in the live chat, funny to be... Cheering uh, uh, yeah. for the Riders. Yeah. I'm cheering for the Riders. I don't find it funny. <laughs> well, if I'm there was a year to cheer for the Riders, why not cheer for them in a year where they kind of stink, evil. right? Yeah, I mean, they're 6-8, and eight, yeah. whatever. Let, let them win and yeah. help us out. In the, because actually, if they win and we win next week, I think we lock up the West Division. Is that 
if we go to 12 and 4 and the Lions lose tonight, they'd be 10 and 6. I believe and with the tiebreaker to Winnipeg, I believe that would lock up the West Division. I may um, be wrong on that. Well, the Lions right now are, there be two are 10 and 4 maybe. and Winnipeg's 11 and 4. So, if BC right. loses tonight, they're so winning by we, 8 at the half. But say Saskatchewan gets lose. victory number 7 on the season, they're 6 and 8. But uh let's let's say the Riders win. BC's 10 and 5, Winnipeg is 11 and 4. And then that game next week is is even bigger because it would tie them again for first place and give the Lions uh, uh right. the season series, right? Because they're split right now. This but is what you call a rubber match. The rubber match isn't the second of two meetings. The third game is the rubber match. Um people isn't there also something called a rubber match, like a type of match that's made out of rubber? Like uh like for no. for survivalists. Like an underwater match or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another kind of rubber. No, I rubber match, not rubber. Okay. Rubber Let's match. Get back on track here, buddy. A rub, a what? <laughs> yeah. A rubber okay. match. Stress on the match. Anyway, but I think if BC loses tonight. Yeah, thank you. If BC loses tonight. And go to, they go to ten and five, and we beat them next week. I think that locks up the West because then we're two games ahead of them with the game in hand, and only let me two pull games up my handy dandy CFL I schedule believe. here. Uh, the right? the Lions Sask tonight, Winnipeg next week. Yeah, I'm right. And then BC has they're in Hamilton October thirteenth, home to Calgary on October twentieth. And then they have a bye the final week of the regular season. So um, Winnipeg, of course, BC next week, then their third bye in week 19. Then October 21st, they are home to Edmonton, uh, October 27th in Calgary to wrap the regular season. The West semifinal and the East semifinal is on Saturday this year, November 4th. And then the West Final and the East Final, Saturday this year, November 11th. And then the Grey Cup, 110th Canadian Championship uh, in Hamilton on Sunday, as always, tradition, truly, uh, November 19th. Bonfire Sports will be there, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Maybe I'll be there, too. I don't know yet. All right. I'm holding you to that. If the bombers are I'm in it, I'll that. consider it. We'll see. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat. By the way, we got well over a hundred people watching live. Thousands watch uh, afterwards on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn. Uh, listen to the podcast. If you throw everybody in together, thousands of bombers fans watch and listen every single week. Just want to thank you all out there uh, for watching and listening and supporting us. Uh, do what you can to support the channel. Hit that thumbs up. Subscribe uh, if you haven't or consider uh, subscribing. Maybe the, one of the best things you can do is tell your friends, tell your family, let people know that we're doing live pregame and postgame shows here um, as well as Bonfire Midweek. You and I uh, get it going uh, every Wednesday night. Generally, we stick to Wednesdays, if not Tuesday, but uh, Wednesday 7.30 here on the channel uh, and got Winnipeg Jets hockey coverage coming soon too. So uh, 
Really glad to be part of this uh, digital media landscape, sports media here in Winnipeg with Hustler and Remo and Kenny and Rennie, great friends of mine, Illegal Curve, uh, you know, fellas I've known for a long, long time, good friends, um, you know, uh, we, we appreciate your support. Except for that Drew Mandel, he's he's a hoser, that Drew Mandel. Well, you got a thing he's for Drew, eh? You guys rivals? <laughs> no. We're no, not at all. I uh, those guys have been doing this for. I just like to tease him. He's a yeah. he's a great dude. Um, part of the tribe. I just like to tease him. No, they've been. No, yes, definitely part of the tribe. Mm-hmm. We got to stick together. We got to say. I I was I was saying something in my seat to my buddy who I brought, who's also Jewish, and I I made a joke about Jews, and one guy turned around and looked at me, and I'm like, oh shit, he thinks I'm an <laughs> anti-Semite. I and I wanted to tap on the shoulder and say like, hey, dude, I'm Jewish. Like, come on, it's okay, but. It, that that seemed to I think that I'm a bit of an anti dentite. I, I just oh, you're an anti dentite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you? Yeah, I got issues. Your I teeth, got problems. Your teeth look good. Your hair looks good. Your dude, beard looks good. Dude, dude, it's the Seinfeld good. reference. Even Walby was commenting yeah, on I your know, hair. People, and beard. I got it a little. It's pretty. I got it pretty high and tight. I got it pretty high and tight. Saint at Saint. Yeah, yeah I gotta go to right. Saint. Brady Oliver gets his hair cut there. Brady Oliver and uh, Nick uh, Ehlers. Uh, Nick Ehlers and Je- um, oh Carl Schmitz. The, uh, Carl Schmitz from Belgium. Bermuda? Or, or no, not Belgium. Mm-hmm. Bermuda. Yeah, I had Bermuda one. Uh, one the stylist at Saints said uh, he doesn't look forty, and I'm like, well, if you're a pro athlete and you're living in the Caribbean, you probably don't look forty. You probably look a lot younger. Probably don't even look yeah. dirty. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, go check them out. We are saint.com. Uh good good friends of mine there. And and we're working on um, you know, maybe doing a fundraiser together uh this uh this coming winter Ooh. with uh with Nick Ehler. So uh stay tuned for that. Uh, good thing for charity uh Ooh, that we're we're fun. gonna get together. Um let's get into it, Schnitzy. This is let's my favorite it. part of the show. Walby's Warrior, Westwood's Wide to the Right, The Happy Honker, The Bonfire Burning Point, Game Balls. Where do you want to start? We always start with the W's. I will. Yeah, Walby's Warrior, I think, is where we usually start. And I will give it to you. You stole it from me. Oh, sorry, buddy. I thought you were going to give it to someone. Oh, well done. Well done. (laughs) Here, this is just for you. Great joke, Schnitzi. Oh, that's a ah uh, uh, anyway, you know what? Uh <laughs> Peter D. <laughs> anyway, I gotta give it to Jamal Parker. I thought he's been much maligned in terms of his lack of returnability. And I thought tonight he had a good he had a good game returning. Um you probably talked about the stats uh before I came on, but I thought I thought just the eye test, he looked pretty good. He had one big return that was taken back because of penalty, which was unfortunate, but eh, it was nice to and you know he did and he caused the late in the fourth quarter, he caused a fifteen yards, no yards penalty. And I mean those those are important too, right? Like it means he had to be aggressive and come up on the ball. Um, with a bunch of Argos surrounding him. I think there was a couple of Argos within yep. the five-yard halo, and I thought he was aggressive there and caught the ball cleanly, which was which was excellent. And, uh, you know, maybe I'd let, you know, he, he just doesn't quite have the speed that Janarian Grant has, but 
<laughs> most people don't have the speed that Janarian Grant has. You know, he tries to take it outside and he can't quite get there. Whereas Janarian Grant, Janarian Grant can take it outside or get it right up the middle. And he's so fast and fearless. He'll just run through holes like crazy. So, but, but yeah, Walby's warrior was Jamal Parker for me. You can second that if you want, or give it to an Argo. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to an Argo. I'm not going to give it to an Argo. All right. Uh, uh, if if you're giving it, if you're giving it to Parker, hmm. Well, I'll give it to Brady. I mean, we give it to Brady a lot through through yeah, the, the weeks this not? season here on Game Day After Dark, but uh, we'll give it to Brady. The, the kid is special, man. He uh, he can take over games. It seems um, when you're averaging six point eight yards per carry for 169 yards. And like, it's not like he ripped off a 60 yard run and that like makes it six, you know, his no. long, sorry, his large, right. Zach, his large <laughs> Thank you. was 16 yards. Yep. That's it. Uh, he had oh 10 God. runs. That's just consistent. Yeah. Sorry. He had four runs of, of 10 plus yards, uh, but along a 16. Wow. So it was just punishing football. It was just punishing runs, getting through that first line to the second level and making the linebackers and the DBs pay because uh, he runs so dang hard and finishes runs. Um, he chipped in uh, two catches for 12 yards. So uh, every time he touched the ball, he averaged over six yards uh a, t- a time you know uh had that uh had that touchdown as that's well that's crazy that's cr- like just the consistency that takes and just hammering away at a at a defense like especially a defense that had allowed mm-hmm. the least rush yards brady brady on that o-line just came to play and just just pummeling away at them hammering the nail again and again and again yep. just love that Agreed. Uh, oh, I like this. Waiters. Schnitzy versus Drew Mendel. Hell in a cell. <laughs> well, the only thing I have over Drew is I have more oh, hair. You had to go there. That's a cheap Well, that's shot. all I got, buddy. That's all I got. This guy's this guy is a, a polished host of a very successful show for what, 12 years? Oh, 12 more years than now. that. More I'm than that. I'm just a young pup. More than that. Yeah, because it goes goes all the way back to Kick FM at Red River College. Oh right! Oh my God! No, I'm just I'm just a young pup in the game and just you know riding your oh, coattails yeah. okay. here, Darren. Sure. You just hang out with me because I'll let just you like ask questions of Jamarcus Hardrick as you fawn over him. I get to talk to Jamarcus Hardrick and Kyrie Wilson and Drew Wallatarski. Mm-hmm. By the way, who who Kyrie Wilson? Did he get the bonfire bump? I don't know. He was offside once, but that was kind of comical. yeah. He, he fell. Yeah, fell he forward. fell offside. Yeah. <laughs> he fell down, but he had a, he had a decent. He always has a uh, decent game. Speaking sure of which, uh, Westwood's wide to the right. The moment in this game that uh, just you know wasn't good. Yeah, the one I didn't like was that you know Parker finally gets a big return, and it's negated by penalty. A special teams penalty and illegal block. Come on, Bombers. Give the guy some love. Don't take a penalty when he finally breaks one. I think it was like a 40, 45 yep. yard or two. Bruce Martell. 
Yeah. Top commenter, by the way, uh, whether yeah. he's watching live or afterwards, Bruce Martel comments all the time. Appreciate all the comments, Bruce. Thank you. Uh, join Bruce. Comment if you're watching this afterwards, because I know like hundreds and hundreds of you are watching this on YouTube afterwards. So hit the comments, ask a question, uh, give us your hot take. That's what the bonfire is about. Gather round uh, and, and fire it up. Gather round. Uh, Scott Roger, good to see you, my friend. Uh, we'll see you Sunday. Rifles, host. Yeah, Rifle rifles host up, the uh, Edmonton Huskies. They beat the Edmonton Wildcats 39-0 last week. Now we got a Sunday, uh, that was a night game. Uh, now we got a, a Sunday uh, game. Uh, I'll be calling that on cjfltv.com. Uh, it is pay-per-view if you want to tune in. Um, help support uh, minor football here, uh, well, really across the prairies. Uh, hoping to marry Houston's okay for next week, says Josh Wolf. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, what do you see on what I, did you, I didn't see on TV anything. And John asking, is there any updates? Uh, on Houston's injury. No, no, uh, never will there be. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's how the Blue Bombers handle things. Uh, so maybe we'll find out when they return to practice. Well, let me see. They are in BC. So walk through be Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, maybe Monday, maybe Monday we'll get an update. Uh, probably Tuesday for, um, uh, for the health status of uh, the CFL interception later. Uh, Demario Houston. Um, my Westwood wide to the right. Ugh. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I got one. You don't, don't got, got one. one. Can I go for two instead of kicking the corner? <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, go okay. for two. Well, uh, here, look, my favorite one. You know it's my favorite one. Happy Honker Award in homage of the late, great Cactus Jack Wells of uh, CJOB. Um, the moment that brought me joy. I mean, maybe it could be your Westwood wide to the right because it actually was the double doink. I love the double doink. So double rare. Doink. The doink. I am an Argos yeah, lover, sure. right? So, of course, I'm going to love the... Yeah, you just love that double yeah. doink that took points yeah. off the board. Uh, what was your happy honker just tonight, Zach? Is, is it, you know, maybe we should give you an honorary happy honker for having knee surgery two weeks ago to the day, nearly. And, well, to the yeah, day, right. yeah, exactly. Two weeks to the day, and you're doing, you're doing the, you're running the yeah. stairs, man. Well, I didn't run the stairs today, but I could have. I could have. My knee was good enough that I could have run the stairs, buddy. But I, I actually do have a happy honker. I think it, th this one was pretty obvious to me. The the thousand uh, indigenous mm. fans they brought in from northern communities on the Truth well and Reconciliation uh, game. That was awesome. Uh, they were really into it the entire... Even though it was kind of a snooze fest for part of the game, they were really into it the entire game, so... That was awesome, and they had um, an Indigenous woman singing the National Anthem in Cree, which was really well done, and uh, the crowd still found a way to say blue when it, when she said free in Cree. Um, they they figured it out when she was saying, and True North. Some people yeah, don't even get said that the True at, North, at Bombers games. Even though they didn't I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it either, but it was cute to, to hear it in this one. Um, 
there were some jiggers there. There was great. They Did you hear uh, head official and, Ben Major and, uh, call that first penalty in Cree? Or oh, sorry, Ojibwe. I think he did it. No, in I didn't. Yeah. No way. Yeah. When I first heard it, that's I'm like, awesome. okay, that's yeah, not they English. Get my happy French. And then they mentioned it on the broadcast. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Called an offside, oh, wow. I think. Uh, first that's penalty cool. of the game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. No, that was, uh, uh, that was definitely my happy Beth, honk. great to see you in the live chat. I uh, haven't seen you here before. What's going uh, on, Beth? Uh, Beth everybody hello, out there, if, if you haven't hit the live chat before, give it a shot. I ran into some fans with you, Schnitzi, at uh, the Banjo Bowl Prairie Rivalry Bash at uh, Finn McCool's. Yes. And fans being like, oh, yeah, I watch your show, but I don't, I don't, I don't comment. I just kind of lurk. And I'm like, you can lurk. You can lurk, you know, lurk Jeremy Ettinger, okay. old pal, old college pal, kick FM days uh, at Red River. He lurks and then he jumps in and he comments. Why did the right goes to the Argos player crying outside their locker room after the game? Okay. I, there must've been something That's... going on. There were Argos well, there players was one. crying outside their locker room for. Well, that's what he says. Really? I, I believe, I believe Jeremy. That? Reputable individual. <laughs> Good to see you, Jer. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Comet running radio back in in the day. Um, okay, so uh, Walby Westy, um, Happy Honker, happy your bonfire honker. burning point. Can can I can I just tell you what it is? <laughs> Condescending, smartass. Can I just tell you what it actually is, Zach? Let me just tell you what's real here. I th I think it's fairly. Uh, I mean, I would hope at least, unless I'm completely out to lunch. I think anybody would have the same uh, bonfire burning point. But you go ahead. Tell me what it is. <laughs> uh, well, look, pretty cut and dry. The Quantes Stiggers interception early in the fourth quarter, Ooh. followed by yeah. Two plays later, like a McMahon six-yard run, and then McMahon stripped by Willie Jefferson, recovered yeah. by Dietrich Nichols, yeah. uh, and then Winnipeg goes down and takes their first lead of the game, 21-19, on a 48-yard uh, Sergio Castillo field goal. Uh, then in came Brian Scott. Winnipeg takes their first lead since the opening possession where they went up 7-0. And then Toronto brings in QB3. Goes back to what we said earlier about, you know, taking the shine off. Do you agree as the burning point? Well, the only thing is, I, I'm not sure if that's when we took the lead. I think we were still down by two at that point. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. Oh, I, I flag on only, the play. We it's only... my second one. It's my second flag today. Oh, three flags yeah, and you're out, You're going to be solo. But you know what? At that point, though, the the... I, th I think it is still the burning point. And it was the one I was going to pick anyway, even if it wasn't to take the lead because, you know, the third stringer comes in and you kind of figure at that point with the way the thing, the game was going, the bomber, the way they were rolling. I think that, that uh, strip uh, of McMahon was, was huge. And uh, then they go two and out. And then, and then I think that is the drive where they take the lead. So yeah, whatever. Um, I, I still think that's the burning point. Yeah. Agreed. You got a game ball or you got about a dozen or what? 
I got a couple game balls. I got a one game ball. I'm gonna get like a thousand game balls. Um, one game ball I'll give to Brady Oliveira. Uh, 169 yards. Is that is that his biggest rushing total ever in a game? I think it might be. Uh, I'd have to look. I mean, you look you you, you look at time of possession. We we almost had what was it? They had. They had sixteen something, and we had thirty-seven something. Like uh, those aren't the exact numbers. It was numbers, disgusting. Like, the only way you have that um, that massive difference in time of possession is if you're if you're just running the ball like that mm. consistently. Uh, four carries of ten plus yards, right? He wasn't. It's not like there was an outlier of like fifty yards. It was just pounding it again Perfect. and again and again. And uh, you wear a team down, you control the clock, and you have massive time possession. Uh, I think time possession is a huge uh, predictor of wins, and and they won. I know it wasn't against the ones, it wasn't even against the twos for the Argos, but still, they still won. Look, like the whole thing, the whole thing about Brady like the ones and the twos and this and that. Like it's football. Every team, every week, week one, week twenty-one, semifinal, Grey Cup. There's players in and out, right? They're all they're all they're all good players at this yep. level. I know it's not the NFL. I know it's the CFL, but uh, awesome, you know these are all yep. awesome talent, uh, talented players. Though Brady Brady gets one game ball, 169 yards on the ground, six point seven, I believe you said average, which is crazy. He had two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown, uh, 181 total yards. And then Castillo, he had six field goals, a couple of them from uh, from long range. And he almost had the 52, except for the double doink. So I'm going to give him a game ball. And, and I'll give it, I don't know if a game ball, but honorable mention to Willie Jefferson. Uh, there was this sort of narrative of he hadn't had a sack in seven games after that hot start. Well, he had a strip. He had a fumble, a uh, forced fumble today, which was massive. It was yep. our burning point. It really turned the game in the Bombers' favor and a – uh, I think he, if he doesn't get a game ball, he gets an honorable mention uh, from me. I will, you, you covered the base as well. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, uh, double award a game ball. Double doink. Yeah. Don't double doink uh, me. But I'm going to give a game ball to the man you are going to see on your screen right now. The punishment Dalton Schoen can take is incredible. Yeah. He gets a game ball from me. Uh, Jones blew him up here. Blew him up. Uh, watch it again. Here, I'll bring it a little tighter. Maybe I won't bring <laughs> it a little tighter. Here we go. Look at this hit. Like, the weak side shown line. not only the rest of the way in. Now it's complete wide open as shown. Hit hard by Jonathan Put Jones. Put up a whole the weak side ton line. of yards today. Uh, what did he have? He had, uh, Dalton Schoen had six catches for 101 yards. Uh, large yep. of 35. Three second down conversions. Uh, one, uh, you know, had, had, uh, uh, 16.8 yards per reception and the punishment that he takes 
he is tough. He is smart. He is so good. Um, I'm giving a game ball to Dalton Schoen because I think he gets overlooked uh, a fair amount. Um, you know, when you when you talk about the best players on the Blue Bombers. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. He does. He somehow does get overlooked a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. By the way, what did you think of the uh, Andrew Harris? Well, I didn't treatment? see it, right? No. You didn't see it? Wasn't no, it at the beginning of the game? Tell us about it. Or you didn't Tell see us it. Tell about I it. Oh, I didn't. Well, it was interesting. So it wasn't a video tribute. It was there was a picture of him on the big screen. And then Bob McGregor, who's the PA announcer, um, started talking about him. But you couldn't hear what he had to say because the crowd was cheering. So I don't even know what he said, but he went on for quite a okay. while. It was probably like um, he was talking for, for a oh, minute plus. So it was a lengthy um, tribute. It was a, it was lengthy. It wasn't like a video montage or anything, but I don't know. I, I thought it was appropriate. Given that he wasn't dressed and given so the you way thought it things was ended, I I don't know. I thought it was appropriate. I don't think it matters it if he fine. was dressed I mean, or not. He's a member of the team and he's here, right? Yeah, he can't. You know, he came. I don't. I don't know. I I didn't have a problem with it. Some people are saying it was horse crap. Um, I don't know what you expected. Maybe a video tribute would have been something different. Um, I don't know. I I just. Uh, he got a he got a standing why, why does ovation. he need a video tribute? Um, I don't know. I don't I think, think he did. people are just a little bit raw, and maybe it's insensitive of me to call people sensitive, <laughs> but may, maybe that's what it is. I don't you know, I mean, I, it, it didn't. You end know, it didn't great, end great. But, but did you see, like on on the broadcast? They showed. Uh, they showed Harris spending time with his former teammates, uh, hugging Mike O'Shea on the field before the game, having laughs. Like there's, there's no hard feelings. So I, I don't understand why yeah. fans are that upset. Like, is it because I'm, I'm asking you, Zach, do you think it's because the Argos won the Grey Cup? Or do you think it's just because like they're they don't get the storybook ending for Andrew staying with Winnipeg? I I think it's a it's more the latter. I think. I I I think it's more the latter. I think it's the fact that he didn't finish his career as a bomber. He's not going to finish his career as a bomber. There was some sort of bad blood between Harris and the club at the end. So I, I think it's a little bit of that. I mean, what would have been the better tribute? Maybe if it was a video montage, maybe if they handed him, uh, I don't know, the keys to the city. I, I don't know. He plays on another so, team. He guess what? He on played another on another team. team before that, and he beat the Bombers in the Grey Cup. He sure did. He had a touchdown mm -hmm. in that game, too. So? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think... I think he got a nice. I think he got a nice standing ovation. He smiled in the camera. He waved. I yep. think it was. Yeah, fun. they interviewed him on TSN. John Liu did a, a good job, and and then the Argos were on the oh, doorstep after that coaxy uh, reception. So they they cut away from it early so right. they could call you know uh, a first and first and goal from the five right. But 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it, man. I really don't get it. What's with all the hate? It was it was a long time ago now. He's been in Argo for two years. Uh, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The guy was instrumental in the turnaround of this franchise. Instrumental in breaking a 29-year Grey Cup drought. Um, he, um, he almost didn't last as a bomber, though. You ever listen to the Handled Internally podcast that uh, Ed Tate and Darren Cameron do? They, uh, they had one with mm-hmm. Harris early on. And he said when he first joined the team, his head wasn't in it. He was partying with his buddies too much. And he had a, he had a um, O'Shea and Walters had a sit down with him and said, "Hey, do you want to be serious about this or not? Because we need." And to then know. what happened? You go from that, that to you got my back. Yeah. I got your back. Right. Like, do you remember how? Yeah. He, do you uh, remember how tenacious Harris was in the Grey Cup in Calgary in 2019? Oh yeah, he he was, he was lit, and I get it. Like a lot of the, you know, oh, he was probably playing with a a boulder on his shoulder, you know. But um, yeah. you know, like Josh, hometown boy, hometown guy, skipped town. Yeah, it's business, you know. The Bombers were offering him half as much, maybe even less than half of what Toronto offered him. You and I talked about it on um, on. Uh, on Bonfire Midweek, yeah, right? we already, go back yeah, and, and yeah. watch it. Uh, yeah. If you're curious out there of, uh, you know, more, more about this, I'm never going to blame a guy for earning as much as he can while he can. Uh, I don't, I don't care if you're a, a league minimum guy or uh, a top paid player, or you've been in the league for two years or 12 years. I don't care. Nobody plays forever and you got to do what you got to do. You know, you, you want to play, you want to get paid. Uh, life of a pro athlete is not all uh, sunshine and rainbows. You know, you put your body on the line every day and you can get cut tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, like Zach, we, we, we know all this. You can get cut tomorrow and, and you could, your, your career could be over tomorrow. So I, I don't get that. Yeah. I don't, I really don't get that. I, I know. I, I, I mostly on your side there. I think the thing is, uh, I think it would have been nice for him to retire as a bomber and make, maybe make a little bit less money. I mean, why, um, why look at, look at Brady. You like Andrew Harris and Brady Oliveira have been close forever. It's been a mentor mentee master protege relationship between those two for a long time. Look at Brady last year hits a thousand yards. Okay. This year, probably going to finish number two all time or single season all time yeah. in rushing yards by Crazy, a Canadian. Eh? Like he'll, he'll hit 1500. No problem. Might even hit 1600 now after today's performance. But yeah. yeah. Do you think Andrew was just completely naive to Brady's ascension? There's, there's probably, I don't know this, but there's probably few, if any on a football level closer to Brady Oliveira then Andrew Harris, they've been together. They've been so close for so long. They used to call, uh, there was a nickname for Brady. It was like little brother, or little cousin or something like that. Like it runs deep. You think Andrew was naive to that ascension to who Brady is and, and how good he is and, and where he is right now in not just the blue bombers pecking order, but the CFL pecking order. Like, come on. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I just, um, 
Andrew Harris played kind of a complementary role last year, a little bit of a backup role to uh, Ouellette. I think it would have been nice to see him play that role in Winnipeg for but he got Brady paid. Oliveira. Uh, he got paid. Yeah, but... He got paid a I, lot of money. I don't know if Andrew Harris went there because he got paid so much as he they just wanted him. Well, that's how you show a player you want them. Know. You pay them more. The Toronto Argonauts were yeah, looking for leadership. They were looking for veteran presence. They were looking for somebody with championship pedigree. That's what it was. And Harris at that point that's what it was. was coming off uh, career seasons. Yeah, some injuries. They, they, they knew he wasn't going to be their workhorse, but they wanted him in the room. And he helped them win a great cup. And he helped them establish a culture. Yeah, I think that's why he went to Toronto, because he felt yeah. wanted. And I realize that money money is is highlights that, but I don't think it was the money so much as the fact that he felt wanted. And I don't know if that was because of the money per se. I think the money was part of it, but I think it was probably, uh, you know, Pinball Clemens getting him on the phone and saying, yes. dude, we want you. And he didn't feel, he felt spurned by the Bombers. He did, yeah. He felt yeah. like they and, didn't offer him. And, they didn't and offer him were, enough. They didn't want him. They they Emotions were raw were, at that time. You know, yeah, but there's no like, like by there, pinball there's no the hard feelings. Like he's hugging Mike O'Shea. No, I, I just saying it. I know been it, nice. I don't but that's the whole thing. Feelings. It would have been nice. It would have been a storybook. That's what I'm saying. But the it reality nice. is, why do you want me to say yeah, it? What about nice? nice? No, I mean, <laughs> I I just have a. The, I don't. I don't have any. I don't hold any. I don't have any hard feelings anymore. I just think it would have been nice, but I know there's fans that have hard feelings. I, it would have been nice. Yeah, he got paid way more. He also lives in a place that costs way more, but whatever. He felt wanted. Well, dude, Who doesn't the, the want to be wanted? lives in a place that costs way more. Like, it's eight months of the year, and he's not moving his family and, like, the, you know, all of his, you know, his couch and his kitchen. He's not, he's living in a condo somewhere. The same he would in Winnipeg. I mean, maybe not the same he would in Winnipeg. No, he has a house in Winnipeg, but do you know what I mean? Like, like he's life. living, it's a pied de terre, right? It's it's an apartment life for a gig, for a job, for some of the season. What? Hey, listen, my wife and I paid more for our rent there than we no, do our I, mortgage. I get that, but... Not to mention the traffic. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the traffic? <laughs> no, I mean... All of that, it's so secondary. It's so secondary. No, yeah, I don't. I'm getting. I, I'm. I, I even. I'm even mm, getting bored fair. of this. What are fair. we talking? Let's. This. We already talked about this on midweek. Now people, you know, go back and listen <laughs> to midweek. <laughs> well, it's because we Come we. On. Enough of this Harris talk. Hey, you know he he was back in Winnipeg, and it's unfortunate he wasn't able to to play in this game. He's on the six game injured list, but. Uh, Listen, he will get a massive tribute when he goes into yeah. the Ring of Honor because he will go into the Ring of Honor. It might be a few yard, a few years down the line, but he'll go mm -hmm. into the Ring of Honor. Uh, it, you know, this is uh, let's put this to bed now. But I thought it was a nice tribute. He had a nice smile for the crowd. In in a, in a few years, nobody will remember. And you know what? I I know a number of fans who he has been awesome to, signing autographs and. You know, big in the community, big in the business community. He's a yep. he's a stand up guy. Um, 
It's all good. So it's we're going to get good. your sober. It's all good, Josh. Well, we're going to get your sober second thought on Bonfire Midweek uh, on Wednesday night, Schnitzy. Uh, are we doing Wednesday night? Yeah. Is there a Jets game? I I don't know. You tell me, uh, Mister Jets guy. Nope. No Jets game. Okay. Monday and Thursday next week uh, are the Jets games. Bombers play Friday in BC. It's a night. Is that right? Pardon me. It's a 9 p.m. Central Time kickoff in Vancouver. In BC. Are you going to be yeah, up for a, a late night game day it. after dark next week? Oh, that kind of game with that much uh, on the line, oh, I think I kind of have to be, buddy. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. I mean, I, I uh, looks like uh, the Lions are beating the Riders 26-11 right now. Uh, almost yeah. the fourth quarter there. Vernon Adams is having a night. 417 yards so far for Vernon what Adams. What happened to the touchdowns. Riders? Well, they <laughs> suck. They're the Riders. There you Come go. On. Succinctly reported by Zach Schnitzer. Uh, yes, they suck. Taquan Mizell, 37 yards on the ground. It's all through the air. Hatcher, 160 yeah. and a tutty. Nine catches. Uh, 92 yards for Dom Ryan. I have him in fantasy this 78 week. yards for Alexander Holland. I, I have Hatcher. I do have Keon, uh, Keon Hatcher in your fantasy. He says 31 fantasy. points. I should have Nobody made him my captain. Yeah, I care. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to win one against our our friends in the uh Canadian um what is it? What do they call it? Canadian Football mm. Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. We've got a Got a fantasy yep. league going. I, I think I missed the playoffs yep. already, but I don't think I picked. I don't think I picked a team last week. I was just tired of it. But yep. anyway, whatever. Jump. Whatever. Looks like BC's going to win this game. When is the first Bonfire Sports Hockey Show? Well, yeah, uh, maybe it won't be a show at all. Maybe it'll be a little Ooh. bit different. What does that even mean? We're we're gonna try something. Wow. We're gonna try something. Vernon Adams, uh, yards. You know, it'll be kind of like a show, but maybe it kind of be like not not a show. Um, a show, but yeah, not a show. okay. Yeah. I'm no, it's gonna be fun. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of good hockey content uh, out there in Winnipeg, so I'm gonna try to do something a little bit different. I hope I'm not uh, overselling it. I hope I'm not over teasing. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming, and and uh, we're we're gonna bring it to you soon, and. Uh, to do a, a few different things i got a buddy that's going to join me and so he's almost like the schnitzy of hockey if there could be a schnitzy of hockey mm-hmm. there could very well mm. be a schnitzy of hockey i think he will be he'll be, he'll yeah. be even better i was than close schnitzy. to getting the wallby of hockey but i it just didn't work you we'll will. see. Give well, you know, we'll Give see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll We're going to try some fun things. Uh, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting season for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but, you know, uh, this um, uh, just seeing in the light, it's your boy, Bruce. That's that's funny. Yeah, someone check on Ballsy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I like this, Jeremy. A hockey show about nothing? Well, I am an anti-dentite, so maybe it will be a hockey show about nothing. Uh, I like that. Um, I was channeling my inner Larry David mm, earlier in the show, if you didn't pretty, notice. So, you know. Pretty, 
pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, but yeah, like the, the, the home stretch here for Winnipeg, it all starts this week uh, with them t- going to Vancouver and taking on the Lions in a battle for first place and the right to really have the advantage in the chase for first place in the West Division. The Bombers will host a home playoff game this season. Will it be the West semifinal? Or will it be the West final? Still to be determined. Keep it locked to Bonfire Sports. For hockey, sure. But for football as well. Uh, Looking forward to Bonfire Midweek with you on uh, Wednesday night, Schnitzi. And uh, of course, as we always do, pregame with Walby the day before the game at 3 o'clock, live in the afternoon. And then uh, you and I, super late night next Friday uh, with uh, Game Day After Dark. I'll be up for it. I got to be up for it. If you're not up for a game like that, then what kind of fan mm. are you? Let's be honest. Bring it. Did Balsy really call out Winnipeg media for complaining about the Toronto benching? I don't feel like the media complained about the Toronto benching at all. I'm just yep. reading Waiter's comment here. I I actually thought all the articles I read and, and media who I listened to on online they totally understood and said if if the bombers were in that situation, they yep. would have done the same thing. I don't um, know what he's talking about. Well, D. I think it was more calling out the schedule. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any Winnipeg. This game I don't think any Winnipeg sooner. media called out the Argos. But that's that kind of sounds about right. What, what waiters is saying there? You know, if you hear what I'm saying. Um, I know that DT tweeted that Doug Brown called them chicken shit for not starting Chad Kelly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that that's, that's Doug's one. job. Doug's job is to, um, you know, be controversial and to make it interesting, right? Um, but as far as, as He's a media, I don't think anybody called out the Argos. Um, you know, Albie is similar to Doug Brown, right? He He's a pundit. And, uh, but, yeah. but everybody that has an objective opinion, you know, Walby agreed with me. It was the right, it was the right decision. Totally the right thing for a number yeah. of reasons. Not the least of which they didn't want to give the bombers live film on this guy, which yeah. is totally reasonable. Yeah. Hey, much ado um, about nothing. When your team is, uh, you know, uh, about to be two games under 500 with a month to go in the regular season uh, and, and getting, you know, pummeled 33-11 with a quarter to play. Uh, and yeah. you're on quarterback number three on the year. Uh, and the GM and the head coach are both on expiring contracts. And it's been a rough go for a number of years uh, with, with the team in green, you know. These are the things you got to talk about. So uh, maybe we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But great to see everybody in the live chat we'll tonight. It Wasn't it time. awesome to to get everybody kind of involved in the chat? Schnitzel. Oh, it was great. It was great. Love the chat. I I was um, someone followed me on on Twitter today, and I messaged them to thank them, and you know, told them about our show. He's like, I already listened to your show. I love the show, and I said, we love the show because of you and the listeners and the fire starters. I mean, it really is yeah. awesome. So. Uh, uh yeah. final thought. I got a couple comments here. Uh the D line didn't play well tonight. Again, the Argos O line is head and shoulders above everybody else. They are the best O line for run and pass protection in the league. Willie Jefferson stripped 
the running back. And that was the bonfire burning point tonight. Um, they didn't allow AJ Orlett or um, McMahon to get going. They ran the ball 10 times. Ouellet once. Yeah, it was a gash for 26. Dukes four times. Yeah, you know, maybe they could have been a bit better, but but quarterback runs are not traditional runs. Uh, and then McMahon, five carries for eight yards, okay, and a fumble lost. Uh, I don't think uh, saying Winnipeg's D-line didn't show up is is totally fair. Um, but hey, to each their own. Their, your opinion uh, is relevant and welcome here uh, around the bonfire. Uh, Ty Real mentioned a little bit earlier, a BC loss means the bomber clinch. Uh, the bombers clinch. That is not true. If BC had lost tonight, they could still beat Winnipeg next week and win out the rest of their regular season schedule. Winnipeg could potentially lose to BC, Edmonton, and Calgary. So no, not a clinch. Uh, but either way, Lions are, are rolling right now. Uh, 33-11 uh, early in the, the fourth quarter. Uh, as I'm seeing uh, the Argos plead to the officials for a call that I don't think they're going to get. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this game. But uh, tonight was fun. Uh, maybe not what we expected, but uh, definitely uh, an entertaining game. And Great to have the people in the live chat. Thanks for the thumbs up. Thanks for the comments and uh, appreciate you considering subscribing. Great to have you, Schnitzi. Welcome back after uh, having uh, having uh, the, the knee surgery last week. The IR, baby. I was on the six, I was on the six game. They pulled me yeah, off early. IR stands for irritable. That's how good I, I was in the cold tub. Irritable. I was in the cold tub. I was doing, I don't know what else. You doing squats? The things uh, they do. Squat. Oh yeah, I'm doing no. squats. You doing now, uh, yeah. you doing the calf raises? Squats. I'm. No. Yes, I'm doing calf raises. I'm doing uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, balancing on on each leg. I'm doing step ups. Uh, you know, I'm doing all sorts of things. Just working my butt off to be back here for yeah. you, fire starters. And Tauzen, go blue. Tame the lions next week. Well said, Tauzen. Uh, appreciate you and uh, everybody else joining us. And my favorite part. Next to the happy honker uh, of the show is uh, when I tee it up for you. You tee it up like a big fat ball on that tee ball, and I just take a swing at it. Hit, hit, swing for the fences. Tee ball. Ball goes way over the fence. Silent arm.